0: It's helping me keep it in perspective. It is my God who is great, not me. Praise be to God. All of that's for Well, hey, Summit Point Church. These are uh, crazy times, right? And uh, we've had a lot going on, a lot of sicknesses in the community, a lot of sickness on staff, and we just haven't had uh, the teams available to be able to do church together this week and so hopefully you understand that but uh, because of that we ended up pulling some things together here. So today is pulling together some recordings of some worship we've had in the past and it's pulling together a recording of a sermon from back in 2018. All of it kind of applying to exactly what we're going through here. What does it look like to have a worship on fire in the midst of struggle, in the midst of pain? So hopefully you're blessed as we piece this all together today and we rally together and we all worship live stream online today. So God bless. Love you guys. Here we go. Well, thanks for joining us online Summit Point Church.
1: Today we just worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who holds all things in his hands. So come like you want to, Lord. Come. Like you want to, come like you want to. Jesus, have Your way. God of the breakthrough. The. Let your freedom rain, Just let it rain, Jesus. You're falling now like heaven's rain. You throw the board, your children's praise. You are tearing down, I barricade. church we sing the this-
0: summit point church uh, it's great to be here with you man we love making much of jesus christ may he get all the glory as we lift his name up right and my name is tim harkness i'm the senior pastor here at summit point and uh, just want to welcome you here online today great to have you joining with us we are fired up to continue to make much of jesus no matter what's going on and uh That said, hey, we just wanna invite you to join with us in a few things. We've got, first of all, a friendship register. We would love to have you let us know that you've been uh, online with us. Just go ahead and fill that friendship register out. You'll see in the chat room uh, or in that chat box down on the right-hand side, you can click that and it'll open up and you can just go ahead and and, uh, let us know your name and how many are with you and all that stuff. Uh, You can also go on your phone and just open up the app and on the church app there, you can pull down the the, uh, friendship register and fill those out. At the bottom, it also gives you an opportunity to fill out your prayer request for you or your family. Do take advantage of that. Sweet way for us to stay connected with you and for you to stay connected with us. We do pray over those. Even if the offices are closed down, we still meet, we Zoom, whatever we have to do, We as a staff will be getting together and we'll get those prayer requests out to the other prayer teams. Your prayer will be prayed over. We storm the throne of grace every week on behalf of you guys. So do use those friendship registers. Let's fill those out and let's stay connected. All right. Really just one big announcement for you. And that is uh, December is right around the corner. Can you believe that? Christmas coming up, it's right around the corner as we look into December, and so one big Christmas announcement. We are doing Giving Tree. We're gonna reach into this community. We're gonna care for the needs of what's going on. We've got so many in this community that are hurting, and they just cannot get gifts for their kids. They're struggling with just making ends meet, and uh, we're talking people outside of our own church but having a lot of needs going on, and we long to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, we long to be a light for Jesus Christ. So we're gonna reach into those homes, we're gonna provide some gifts to them, and we're gonna go after that. It's called Giving Tree. You can participate just by going online, get to our website, you just click the banner, it'll take you right to the right spot, and it'll give you a bunch of information about it. Here's the deal, we've got over 350 kids right now who are unable to have any Christmas gifts to cover their needs in their family. And so let's partner together. We've already got a bunch of those covered, but let's fill the rest. A couple hundred more still to go and let's make sure they're covered. 350 kids, some 60 plus families. And uh, so just do me a favor, follow the directions on there, all right? It's one toy and uh, one article of clothing. Just make sure you do that. One toy, one article of clothing that keeps it fair, right? You can imagine on Christmas, you're opening it up and one person gets a bunch and the other doesn't, right? We don't want that. So let's do it fair and equitable. One toy and one piece of clothing. And then just follow the directions there on how to wrap that gift and present that gift to the church. Uh, We have a little bit of different rules for each of the groups we're working with. So we've drawn these names for the kids uh, from foster care. We've got it from young lives. And then we've also got it from some of the schools in the local communities. So if you could just follow those directions real carefully there and get that back into the church, uh, then we will get those to the right place at the right time. May we be the hands and feet of Christ. May we be a light in this hurting, down, dark time. May God get all the glory as we step into this Christmas season, right? One last piece. We've got uh, just an opportunity for you to give to the Lord, for you to be able to give online now as we go into an offertory. And so you can end up clicking the right spot on the live stream, or you can go to the church app and you can pull down the give online opportunity there and uh, click that button. It'll take you through all the details. For you to be able to give. And this is a sweet opportunity for us to give of our first fruits back to the Lord. Just saying, thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for how you've cared for us. So now I give back to you. So make sure you give online. Let's make sure we're giving in this season. Let's continue to worship our God. May he truly give all of the celebration. All right? Let's just take it all to prayer now. And honestly, we've got a lot to pray for. We've got a ton going on with sicknesses in our own church body. We've got a lot of people who have gotten COVID-19, a lot of other people that are just feeling sick, a lot of other people that are quarantined because they were around somebody with COVID-19. It is just a hot mess going on right now. So let's be praying for the healing of many and for the protection of the families and for the provision of this church. Honestly, even for our staff, we've got five who have COVID on staff and 13 more that are quarantined because of that. And so uh, let's just continue to pray there. That said, just so you know, the sermon that's coming up in just a little bit here, uh, we looked back and we hand selected something from March 11th, 2018, March 11, 2018, The reason we went back and grabbed something already recorded is because we have so many down that we weren't able to even continue to record this week while still following some of the guidelines on quarantining and all that. All right. So hopefully you enjoy this sermon. This is a sermon that just reaches deep into this one truth. Lord, may I passionately, purposefully praise your name, even in the middle of struggle and pain. May God get the glory. So Truly, may he be celebrated. Let's go to prayer. Lord God, we do thank you. Lord, we praise you. And Lord, we now lift this time of giving up to you. We thank you for how you provided into each of our lives. And Lord, may we as families give back of our own first fruits giving. May you be celebrated. Lord, Christmas is a season where you gave to us. Lord, may we continue to faithfully give and worship you. And Lord, we do pray for the so many people that are sick, that are wrestling, that are just feeling like junk right now. And Lord, for those who have even had sick ones and loved ones that are even very bad off, a few that have even lost their loved ones in this season. Lord, may you be with these families. May you be a sense of peace and a sense of calm. And Lord, may you continue to provide protection and healing along the way. We hand all of these circumstances to the one sovereign God, you alone, and we trust you. And now, Lord, we count on you to move in the middle of this passage as we learn what it is to praise in the middle of pain. Thank you for all that you are. We love you and we praise you. In the saving name of Jesus, I pray these things. in a series here. We're in a series called Satisfied. We're in a series walking through 2 Corinthians chapters 10, 11, 12, and 13. And what does it mean to be satisfied in life? What does it mean to be walking through and not satisfied with the circumstances, but satisfied with our Savior, right? Not as satisfied with the stuff and what's going on and it's going so well, but instead satisfied with our God pouring into our life and finding Him so fulfilling satisfied. That's what we're walking through. That's the journey we're on. In fact, today, uh, we're talking very specifically about how to bring our pain to Him, how to trust in Him. And uh, so turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. And uh, the title for this is Praise Even in the Pain, Praise Even in the Pain. There's a lot of people who have walked in this room today, and you came in carrying a load. Like You feel it, and you're on the verge of tears. There's some nervousness about what's going on. There's some things you wish God would do differently right now, and you're longing to see Him work and praise in the middle of the pain. And some of you have walked in, and you've been on a journey of pain, and you've seen God do some miracle work, and you've seen some great things happen, and just amazing to see God doing that. And uh, being able to celebrate and continue that journey together. Man, what does it mean to carry burden to our Lord? That's what we're looking at today, how we can praise even in the pain. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The first point here is embrace. Embrace that any and all circumstances run through the purposeful, sovereign hand of God. Embrace that any and all struggles Run through the purposeful, sovereign hand of God. Man, we got to get this. We've said this before about sovereignty. If God is not sovereign over all, then he is not sovereign at all, right? We get that. Sovereignty is an allness thing. God is over everything and everything in your life, every struggle that comes in, God is a part of, he has a say in, he's working with. Do we understand it all the time? No, that's not what that means. It means he understands it and we're trusting in him. God is sovereign over all. He's got a purposeful hand in your life. He loves you. And he's working through things day by day and step by step, even in the struggle that you may have walked in here with. He does. He loves you. Okay? So here we go. We'll start in with this embracing challenge. He starts out in verse 7 of chapter 12. Here he starts out, So, let's just stop there. It's a connecting word, right? And make sure you read carefully. Don't just skid through your scripture, reading really fast and getting it done. This is connecting the prior to the present, okay? And so he's talking about the first few verses of chapter 12 where he's like, hey, let's be really clear here. There's some things that I had as privilege. I was able to be captured up into the third heaven. You remember that two weeks back? He's like, I was taken up to a level where Jesus Christ expresses his manifest glory, where those that are saved and trusting in Jesus Christ that have now passed away, they're in heaven with him in that third heaven, that location. He's like, I got to see that. I got to hear things said. I got to see worship done that is... Absolutely life altering, some things I'm not even supposed to talk about. And that's the first six verses. Verse seven starts out so, because I had that privilege, verse seven, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. He's like, let's be super clear on this. Paul's being super transparent here. He's like, let's be honest. When you get these blessings pouring into your life and you're lifted up and you're able to see things or be a part of things that others really aren't, man, does that fan the flame on pride. And I long for my pride to be small and so I'm happily welcoming in this, right? That's what Paul's saying. I'm welcoming in the struggles because he gave me such awesome privilege That he balances it out a bit with some of the struggle I'm walking through. And Paul's like, just so you know, that was to keep me from thinking I'm all that. Like, I'm not going to walk around and be like, no, 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 really. I got that privilege because of me. God's making it super clear as I walk through these struggles day by day and moment by moment. There's pieces of my life and my soul that are hurting. And it's helping me keep it in perspective. It is my God who is great not me. Praise be to God. And all of God's people said. And this is a huge statement as he says. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, um, a thorn was given me in the flesh. A thorn was given me in the flesh. Now this is a metaphor. So picture what he's talking about. A thorn, like this deep brown, almost black, larger, very sharp point, right? And it Ends up sticking you, right? That's what a thorn, it ends up sticking into your skin and hanging there. And when it sticks in and you step back, you say, ouch, right? He's like, let me give you a word picture of ouch, a thorn jamming into you and hanging on and it hurts, man. And a thorn in the flesh. Paul's like, yeah, uh, a thorn was given me in the flesh. And uh, what is he talking about here? There's a lot of books that have been written about this. There's a lot of thoughts of what the thorn could be. Paul wasn't very clear on it, but he was very clear with his God on it. And he kept that basically between his God and himself. And, and I just wrote this down, a few things that it could be. It could be uh, the incessant human opponents. The people that stood against him and spoke ill of him and jammed him at different times and made it harder for him to do ministry. It could have been the incessant human opponents pressing in. Um, It could have been the incessant demonic attack. The whisper in and the press from the dark forces, the satanic forces that were saying, man, you are so nothing. Man, God is not listening to you. Man, with that pride, how in the world could he? That constant whispering in. That makes you falter in your walk with your God. It could be that. Some say it could be an incessant sickness, just an ongoing set of hardships and illnesses along the way. It could be that. I really don't think it's any of those three, though. And uh, why? Because those three tend to be a bit transitory, they change, they come in, they come out. There's times where you've got it, and then there's times where you don't. People are coming against, and then it sort of calms down. Or satanic whisper in, or, or maybe I was sick for a season, now I'm not. It seems to come and go, but as Paul talks about this thorn in the flesh, he's talking about it being around, like almost kind of permanent. It's just here with me. And I'm wrestling with this on a regular basis. In fact, he calls it a thorn in the flesh, And because of that, I really think this is probably speaking to something going on with his physical body. And it could be the eyesight. Maybe he's losing his eyesight. It could be his speaking and his speech being limited. Many thought that, especially as he talks about himself in 2 Corinthians and talks about how poor of a speaker he is. Maybe he's got a stuttering element or something going on. And whatever it is that's happening, he's got this physical pressure on this failing of his body in some way that makes it harder to do ministry, this constant hurting in the body. And then on top of it, check right after it, it says a thorn in the flesh was given me. And then it says a messenger of Satan to harass me. And so there's certainly some element, this is why many would say that's a demonic force involved in this, and I would agree with that. I think there's definitely some level of whisper going on. It's probably a both and. There's probably some level of physical heartache and hardship, the difficulty with speaking, let's say that's it, and having a hard time speaking and bringing it out, and then Satan saying, why would anybody listen to you when you sound like that and these horrible tearing downs in the soul and Paul having to deal with the shortcoming and the attack, the shortcoming and the attack, the shortcoming and the attack. And he calls it a thorn in the flesh and a messenger from Satan bringing it to him to harass him. He says, I had these to keep me from becoming conceited. It's like, it got pretty hard to think I was all that, when I was wrestling with all this, right? And uh, God helping to keep me in my right position. May God get all the glory. And, uh, he's like, I'm just telling you, I had this thorn, I had this struggle, I had this thing for a purpose to keep me from being conceited. He says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord man have you ever cared so passionately about something changing in your life that you actually remember exactly how many times you prayed for it to change the exact number of times not approximations not hand-swag and it's not i prayed a ton of times it's 3 that's what i prayed right paul's like This struggle is so heavy, this heartache is so hard, the press in is so high, and this is getting to me so much, and at some point he goes, that's it, God, please, Lord, would you take this? God, I'm handing this to you, I'm ready for this to go, please take this, God, I'm trusting in you, whatever you say, but I would love to see this done. That's one. And then he waits and he trusts, and he hopes, and he leans, and who knows how long it was until he came back to that prayer. It could have been short, it could have been long, but he comes back to it again with, God, I'm laying this before you. I'm putting this in your hands. That's two. And I'm telling you, man, praying so passionately, so directly, so purposefully, we are so whimsical in so much of our prayer. We take it so lightheartedly and man, he's like, hear me on this. Know exactly what you're praying for and bring it so clearly before your God. And In the midst of him doing that, he had the countdown of exactly when it was and the times that he fasted along with it, I'm sure, and, and he got to three and, and then he stopped and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next point, but the reality was he got an answer. He had a very clear direction of what was going on and what was taking place. I'll just tell you this, Satan, he loves to whisper into the soul and to destroy our hope. Satan, uh, first, he sifts the character. His goal is to wail on your integrity, to get you to falter in doing what's right to challenge and whisper, and he's not, God doesn't care about you. Step away. Or, or you're so not worth. Those whispers from the pit of hell that stop us in our tracks and cause us to almost feel a tightening of the chest or a weakening of the fight. And we, first he goes after character. And if he can't shake the character, then he goes after the physical And we've seen this, Job chapter 1, right? If you go to Job chapter 1, Satan's like, let me go sift him, man. Let me go after him. And then after Job's not faltering, he's like, well, sure, you give him all this great stuff. There's blessing after blessing. Why wouldn't he? And the character didn't falter. And so then God gave him permission, narrowed permission. You can touch him, but only in this way. Hear me, man, your God loves you. Your God knows exactly what's going on and your God has plan in the midst of it. God puts up this hedge of protection around us and he's like, only like this. And that's it. Your God standing in the gap for you. And Satan, he seeks to sift the character and when that fails, then he goes to the physical and tries to press in. Paul here is struggling with physical. Physical. And uh, we see that his character challenged and he found it um, holding together. And so the physical came with it. And uh, I'm just telling you, Paul pleading out three times over for this. Three times over, longing for this to be removed. And uh, how do we pray? Three times? I mean, should we just pray three times? We've got to be really careful what our theology of prayer is. Right? If you open up the Bible to 2 Corinthians 12 and you're trying to figure out how to pray for something, you might be like, Paul prayed three times and then he was done. I guess that's what I'll do. And we have to be really careful where we build our theology. So let's get this down and get it clear on prayer, all right? Uh, Four things that are true about how to pray. Four things that are true about how to pray. Number one, make sure your prayer is dependent prayer. Dependent prayer. You're leaning on Him. This comes from Luke chapter 11, right, where we're seeing the parable of a person coming and praying repeatedly and longing for and asking for. This isn't whining. This isn't this. God, why are you doing this? Everybody say, not that. Okay, it's not whining. It is dependent prayer. Lord, you've got a plan. I'm leaning on you and trusting in you, and I barely understand what's happening, but I'm handing this to you. I am dependent upon you, and God, you can do anything. My God can, and my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship you. Dependent prayer. Man, please hear me. Our longings need to be so trusting in our God. Dependent prayer. Second, regular prayer. It comes out of the same place, Luke 11, the repeated coming back to it, asking again, bringing it back up. It is not the bashing and bashing and bashing, and you've already gotten the answer, and you're like, I don't wanna hear no, so I'm just gonna keep pressing in. It's not trying to take God hostage, okay? It's actually walking through with him saying, Lord, I haven't seen the answer, yes or no yet, so I'm going to continue with you. Regular and dependent, longing for an answer from him. And then the third one, relational. This comes right out of 2 Corinthians 12 today that we're in, and we're going to see it both in the first and second points, a deeply trusting and relational time with our God We can know him. This isn't an information share. God does not need information. It's not like we come to him and we're like, God, this thing is going on. And God's like, I never knew that. It's not that. We come and we're like, God, this is crushing us. And he's like, I know. I'm right here with you. We've got a plan in this. Lean in. I'm telling you, we're going somewhere with this. Hang on. Your God loves you, and he's right there with you. Dependent prayer, regular prayer, relational prayer, and here's the big one, number four. And we stop on that prayer when he answers. When he answers. And we're going to see this in such a huge way in this passage. Three times, and then he received an answer. Stop. We pray till we receive an answer, yes or no. And we pray passionately and we pray powerfully that God might get all the glory. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, that it should leave me. And uh, man, have you ever prayed for something so passionately and so powerfully that you're so focused and riveted and you know exactly what you're praying for and you know exactly when you're praying for it? three times. I can tell you that uh, in my life, I've had one of those moments where it was three times and done. And uh, it's probably not the thing you think it is. And uh, it's it's not, I've got a brain tumor thing going on and we're going to have surgery. By the way, a little update on that. It's coming up April 30th is the uh, date set for that right now. And uh, we're headed for April 30th for that surgery. And and then the handful of weeks after it for recovery. But um, God's got that. It's not that. And uh, we're happy to hand that to him, and we're trusting him in it, and we'll see what journey he takes us on there. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, Getting a little transparent now, okay? Ready? So, um, it's about my hand. I was born with congenital birth defect, and the doctors ended up building 1960s technology of a grip for me. And uh, my mom was told I would never walk. And uh, she basically said, I'm not going to hear that. And uh, so if you notice me walking with a limp at times, it's partially probably from that. And uh, my hand, I had the surgery, had the three fingers at it. I was able to be able to play baseball and basketball, just pick up style, played football in high school and had a blast going through life. And God gave me great things with it. But I'm telling you, there were three moments where I said, God, you can do anything. And I am willing to be a spokesperson for you in whatever way you say. But that seems like a really good way to me. And whatever you want to do, Lord, I'm trusting in you. And as confidently, as strongly as I can say it after the third time, it was, we're not going that way. There's not going to be some giant miraculous moment. There's not going to be some giant change. And that's not going to be the thing that steps up. It's going to be in your weakness in that area not in your strength there. That's where we're going. And I'm telling you this. There's a moment where you finally embrace that, and that was, I can't even explain, probably 35 years ago, years and years and years back when I finally said, that's it, we're done. This is the way it's going, and I'm gonna embrace this well. And I'm going after this, God, with all I've got. And I'm telling you, Lord, I long for you to get all the glory. And I'm ready for you to be shown off. And sometimes my God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. Man, what did you walk in with today that you're holding as a struggle? It's time to trust it to him. It's time to hand it to him fully in dependence and relationship, coming regularly for your God to do a work in your life. And God may have a giant yes on the back end of that. And he may have a, nope, we're not going that way. But either way, trust me, man, you have a deep abiding relationship with your king. And all of God's people said, that's what we're talking about. You know, it's a little while back, I was in the store shopping. And uh, as I was walking through the store, there was a mom with her child and they were going through the store. Um, The child did not want to be shopping and was being held uh, against their will in one of those strollers where they were uh, strapped down and they were doing everything they could do to make it clear to the entirety of humanity that they did not want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, no! And they're trying to push it against it and do the Hulk thing and try to snap the thing apart. And they're screaming out loud, I don't want to be here, right? And yelling and screaming and mom is moving through and somewhat impervious to the volume of the kid, I'll be honest. I'm like, wow, must do it a lot because you're used to it, right? And moving along as this kid is just blowing up and mom's going to get the thing done. And kid's throwing a tantrum like crazy, this Yesterday, my wife and I were in the store, and we were walking through, and, and uh, there was actually a son walking with his dad, and the kid pointed to something and said, Dad, could we get that? And uh, the dad said, no, we can't afford that. And the kid goes, come on, Dad, we can afford that. And the dad goes, you're right, we can afford it. I ain't buying it. <laughs> because, right? And the kid goes, okay and they just start walking off together. Like, it was this little conversation, and that was it. They're good. And, hey, man, is your prayer more like the tantruming child or more like the trusting child? Tantrum or trust? What kind of prayer do you come to your God with? Tantrum or trust? Do you walk in going, come on, I don't want to be on this ride? Or are you coming in going, God, whatever, I'm longing for you to do something and here's what makes sense and if it doesn't make sense to you, then I'm in with you. I trust you. Are you ready to have a prayer that is a trusting prayer life? May God get all the glory. Embracing that he has a plan. What was it you walked in the room with? What struggles do you have? what does it look like to trust your God with those struggles? Okay, that's number one. Number two, rest. Rest in the promise of His absolutely fulfilling investment in you, even in the midst of storm or personal collapse. Rest. Rest in the promise of his absolutely fulfilling investment in you, even in the midst of storm or personal collapse. He starts out here. We'll get a running start again. Remember, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, he, that it should leave me. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. The expression of me All of me into your life will be so deeply satisfying. I will unload the whole of me into you, and I'm telling you, you will be so contented with me. My grace is sufficient grace it is when he pours on what we do not deserve grace it is when he reveals the wholeness of his glory into our little broken lives and he reveals out his love with all he's got and he says my grace is sufficient man do we wreck that word today don't we sufficient when we talk about things we're like oh it was sufficient we speak of it like it's almost little Like it barely got it done. But what the word actually means is completely effective in accomplishing. Sufficient. My grace is completely effective in filling your soul and satisfying deeply. My grace, as I pour into your life one moment at a time, is sufficient for you. He says, For my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Listen to the theology of that. His power when I am weak. See, we run around and we want to keep showing off our power, but that gets our glory lifted up. It's His power, my weakness. His power, my weakness. That gets the message across. His power unleashed into my weaknesses. May God get all the glory. Man, we are carrying a message to this world. The world is broken, but my God is not. We have hope in Him. We have life in Him. He is so ultimately satisfying. Come, meet the King of the universe, Jesus Christ. He is our hope. You know, I've talked to people before where they point at a person around them or next to them who is going through some horrific struggle and they say words like, I could never go through what they're going through. And I'll tell you this, they're right. Given the grace they're given, they could never go through that. When God calls us to walk through a struggle, he gives us grace that is sufficient for that struggle. And, And when God pours it onto an individual, getting them prepped and ready to be walking through something, Man, I'm telling you, God is doing something amazing in them. And for you to think that with your grace, you could just jump into that situation, that's not the plan. God gives grace for what we're going through, moment by moment. And please hear me, God does not give grace for tomorrow. He gives grace for today. It isn't enough grace for the what ifs. It's grace for the what is. It isn't about the what if. What about tomorrow? How does that work? Lord, what if? He's not giving you grace to manage all the fears that could crop up in the what ifs of tomorrow and beyond. It is enough grace for right now, right here. What is? God's grace is sufficient. Keep your eyes fixed on your Savior and watch him move and this is a huge huge opportunity for us and uh i just wrote this down we experience god in his fullness when we embrace our brokenness we experience god in his fullness when we embrace our weakness our brokenness And I'm telling you, God does things in our life as we need to lean on Him and we trust in Him. As we come to Him and we long for Him to do a work. And sometimes His answer is a resounding, yes, that's exactly what I'm gonna be doing. And sometimes it's hang on. And sometimes it's I love you like crazy. We're going a different way. Hang on for this ride. It's gonna be an amazing journey with me. Hear me, man, sometimes, God gives healing, and sometimes God gives Himself. And that is a massive deal to grasp, that we actually can be praying and receiving the very power and presence of God Himself. We are not alone. We do not struggle without our King. He is right here with us. Man, long for your God to be a part of your life on a daily, moment-by-moment basis. I just wrote these words down in the immortal words of Toby Mac. <laughs> Ready? He said, God talking to you, focus on me, not the storm. Focus on me, not The storm is so true. We so often put our eyes on the problem, not the problem solver. Focus on me, not the storm. In the end, man, prayer will always trump panic. That's just the way it goes down. He says, okay. He received an answer. I prayed three times and I stopped. Why? Because God said to me, My grace is sufficient. My power is absolutely, totally, stunningly revealed in your weakness. And Paul's like, got it. I understand where I'm headed on this journey now. He says, therefore, and whenever we see the therefore, we say, what's the therefore? Therefore, it's a connecting word. And he's like, look, if... My power is made perfect in weakness. If God's power is fully revealed in me in weakness, then because of that, therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I cannot wait for God's power to be revealed. I cannot wait to know Him personally. I cannot wait for a depth and a passion of understanding as I lean on Him. Because my God can. And my God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship Him. Full out dependence. No matter what. May God get all the glory. My weakness, well, that just shows I'm a jar of clay, showing off the light of the glorious king, Second Corinthians chapter 4. May God get all the glory. He says, for the sake of Christ then, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and calamities. Dude, that's not a fun list, Right? And he's like, I'm just telling you, content, satisfied. Not because the circumstances themselves are great, but because I am tasting of my God like never before. You bring whatever weakness you want to bring, my God is going to show up in my life in such huge ways. Huge privilege for us to be able to experience our God moving in our lives. There is nothing like being able to say, God, would you please, could you look at this end and seeing God answer yes. There's nothing like that in the world as you're able to experience an answer to yes and you're celebrating him and there's joy and there's healing and there's restoration and there's things taking place. What a sweet, sweet moment as God works in this broken world. And I'm telling you this, there is nothing like asking your God to work in something, and he says, I'm telling you this, the answer is no, but I am with you like you wouldn't believe. Hang on. We're walking through this together. Hang on. No matter what God's answer is, it is a sweet, full, satisfying promise as we lean on him dependently, relationally, regularly, and god moves in this world that is the power of prayer and all of god's people said amen well summit that's our call may we come after our god trusting in him relying on him may we see him as a god who is so present in our struggle may we grasp that his grace is being poured on and is sufficient for today, for the just today and what I'm struggling with. Lord God, may I hand this all to you relationally, purposefully, passionately coming to you. So here's the call. Let's do it. Let's just take a little bit of time right now, right here online, for each of us to bow our heads and close our eyes and take our struggles and our pain to our King. we go. Lord God, we do come before you now, and Lord, we hand you our struggles. We trust in you and we thank you that your grace is sufficient. Lord, that in the middle of our heartache, in the middle of our uncertainties, in the middle of our struggle, we can count on you. We praise your name for your grace that is so satisfying. And just right where you are, Praising your God for his grace that is sufficient. For his presence that can rock your world. Just praise his name right where you are privately. Lord, hear our worship. And now Lord, we lift these details to you and we hand our pains to you and we ask you to carry the load. We look to you, we look to lean on you. Take this pain, just right where you are, whatever your specific struggle is, whatever your specific heartache is, just handing it to your God and saying, this is yours, Lord. I trust you. May you carry it and may you provide whatever grace you so see fit. I trust you. And just hand it to your God right now. Just right where you are. Lord God. We thank you that you give us a hope and a promise that we are not alone. We thank you that you give us the stunning reality that your presence will rock our world and that you and your grace are fully sufficient. We lean on you, we trust in you, we worship you and we praise the God who is so good and he works in our lives. It is in your saving, healing, redeeming, ever-present name And all that gets people sad. Amen.
1: And I count on one thing: the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. And in the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out working all things out. Come on, the your hands. Yes, I will lift you eye in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. count on one thing: The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the way. The same God